All right, we're going to get started today. This is our Thursday men's lunch. I want to encourage you, every week, be here. Starts at 12. We try to be done by 1245. Uh, our goal is to, to fill this gym up. We started with a couple tables a couple years ago. It's, it's steadily growing. And, and we come every Thursday, and our goal is to talk about what has is, what is God said about being a Christian man, a man uh, who stands as a man and who leads his home, leads his, his spouse, leads in his workplace, uh, according to what God has told us where to do as men. Uh, this year, we're starting in January, last January, uh, we really called it kind of the year of the Bible. We, we're going through a bunch of subjects, uh, and we're seeing what has the Bible said about this and us as men, again, endeavoring to follow Jesus Christ. So every week, uh, what has the Bible said about this? And that's, that's, our, that's our path, that's our direction. Uh, we've been talking about for several weeks uh, the biblical man and prayer. And, and is there a right way to pray? Is there a, a wrong way to pray? How should we pray as followers of Jesus Christ? Uh, we've been talking about that. We're going to come back to that uh, and start back in that study next week. But today I want to turn for just a second. And today I want to talk about the biblical man and success. The biblical man and success. I believe and this is my personal opinion, this is my personal thought, but I believe uh, if you survey men, I believe there are two basic motivators for men. And I, I think that men are propelled or are motivated uh, by either one of these things or the other thing. Now, sometimes it might be shades of both, but I think if you, if you look at a man and you look at the course of his life, uh, men are, are motivated or propelled by either one of these things. And again, as you look at how they operate and you try to discern why they operate that way, uh, I think you're going to find that they're driven either by one of these two uh, factors. Those two factors that I believe uh, motivate men are either comfort or success. And I think for, for most men, those are the two motivating factors that propel them along. They're either driven by, motivated by comfort, or they're, they're motivated and they're driven by the, the desire for success. And, and what that means is this, and you just think about this. There are some men, and it seems their goal is comfort. Uh, their goal is ease. And, and if you watch them, they desire uh, to just get along. They desire to, to live in the absence of discomfort. Uh, their goal is not to have too many problems in their life. Their goal is not to have too many headaches in their life. And, and you watch them, their goal is, is really to just get the things in their life in such an order uh, that they have comfort in their life. Uh, you may know guys like that, and, and you may be one of those type of guys, but, but those type of guys are just doing the things to get by. They're just doing the things to exist. Uh, they're punching the clock, and they're buying their time, all, all with the goal to get to a place of comfort. And I see that in a lot of men. You know what? I just, I just want to have no headaches. And I just want to have comfort in my life. And I want to get things sorted out so that I have ease and comfort in my life. I believe there's a chunk of men that are motivated by that. I believe other men, however, they are motivated by success. And, and, and these men, they are men who are driven by the desire for success. They're driven by the desire to succeed. And they want to achieve uh, in their life. They want to see success in their life and they want to be successful at whatever it is they're endeavoring to do. Uh, for them, it's not 
enough to just get by. It's not just enough uh, to roll through the days of life. And they have this desire, they have this ambition for success. And that's why they get up in the morning. That's what pushes them on. Uh, Even in tough stuff, they endure because they have a drive for success. Now, let me be honest with you today. I am driven by that desire. And I don't, I don't know why we're wired and how we're wired, uh, but I want to succeed. And if I, if I do something, I want to do it right. And if I do something, I want to do it big. And if I do something, I want it to be the best that anybody's ever done. And if we're going to play checkers, we're going to play cutthroat checkers, uh, trying to win at that. Well, think about that for just a second. Did you know that God built you for something? If you're here today, God built you for something. People sometimes are floating through life trying to figure out what that is. But the purpose is, the, biblical, the, the, the truth is, the biblical truth is, whoever you are, God built you for something. And he desires that you succeed at what it is that he built you for. A lot of guys, again, just kind of floating around, don't know what their point is. God built you for something, and he desires that you succeed at what it is he built you for. That is his plan. Now, here's the problem. The problem is the world has stolen or the world has corrupted the definition of success. And and that's the problem. We're seeking a definition of success uh, that's not God's definition. And we're we're putting all of our effort in in a definition of success uh, that hasn't come from God. Think about that for just a second. What does the world say that success is? What does the world say that success looks like? And and I can just tell you, it's pretty easy. The world says more esteem, that's success, more respect. And people need to acknowledge uh, that you're a big deal, that you're the best, and and you need more respect, and you need more esteem. That's success. Uh, The world says more money. Man, if there's anything that dominates our culture, you need more money. You need bigger accounts, and you need a bigger retirement, and that's the measure of success. And if you're sitting here and you're struggling, you don't have any money today, you're missing out, and success would be a big stack of money. Or the world says success is more stuff. And man, I I need a bigger car, and I need a better car, and I need better tires and wheels, and and I want to live in a nicer neighborhood, and I want to have a nicer house, and and this new thing came out, and the new phone came out, and and we need more stuff, and having all that stuff, that's what the world says success looks like. Our coaches are here today, and and, and for them, the, the world says, you know what success is for you? It's more victories. It's more wins. You need more wins. And that's what success looks like. And, and if you've got enough, you'll put together a system that turns out wins. And, and, and if you can do that long enough, we'll name a field after you. We'll name some courts after you. And that's what success looks like. And those are the things that world, the world says is success. Here's the problem with that. It is never enough. It is never enough. You'll never have enough respect that you don't have to go out and seek more respect. You'll never have enough money that you can say, you know what, this pile is finally big enough and I have enough money. You'll never have enough stuff that one day you wake up and look at the stuff and say, you know what, I've got all the stuff I need and I need no more. You'll never have enough wins that you can say, you know what, I'm here and I've got all the wins stacked up and, and they know I'm a successful coach. You're only as good as what you just brought in. 
Some of y'all here like the University of Texas. I don't. I always did like Mac Brown, though. I do like Mac Brown. Think about Mac Brown. Starts off at Appalachian State. Goes to Tulane. Successful. Goes to North Carolina, University of North Carolina. He actually brings North Carolina back to national prominence. He starts to win there. Puts a system in. Puts a program in. He has a measure of acclaim at North Carolina. Uh, because of that, because of that success, uh, they bring him to the University of Texas. Uh, at the University of Texas, you can go and look at his record. Uh, it's a big deal for them to beat the, Uni the University of Oklahoma. Uh, he beats them in 98, 99, 2005, 2006, 2008, 2009, 2013. Uh, he wins the Big 12 in, in 04. He wins the Big 12 again in 09. Uh, starting in 04, he starts a, a string of 21 straight conference wins. Uh, 2005, he wins the national championship. You remember that game out in California? Uh, also in 2005, he's the NCAA uh, football coach of the year. Uh, he stacks up 244 wins. Very impressive. Uh, in 2009, they're so proud of him at the University of Texas. They're so sure that he's the man. They gave him a $2 million per year raise. He made $5 million a year from 2009 on. Do you know what happened in 2013? 2013, now they wouldn't ever come out and say it because it, it wouldn't be polite, but the, but the athletic director said, you know what they needed there was a new direction and a new energy. Now what that means is you're done. We need a new direction, we need a new energy, and, and, and he voluntarily stepped down and it wasn't good enough. That's the world's definition of success. That's what we chase after. We, we buy into that and we're stressed out and we're worn out and we're, and we're fighting and we're striving and we're pushing and we're straining and it's never enough and it's never good enough. And the reason is we've bought into the wrong definition of success. We've been tricked and lied and they've decided to follow the wrong definition of success. I was reading a book about Bill Parcells. And he says in his book, on Sunday nights, after coaching an NFL game, man, you're at the pinnacle. What, what could be more awesome than that? On Sunday nights, he had to drink 12 to 14 beers to stop his mind from planning the next week's game plan. It's never enough. It's never enough. I wonder how many of us live like that. I wonder how many of us think, well, if I can get this relation squared away, if I can get these things in place, if I can get my money stacked up, if I can get these things ever paid for, if I can get enough wins, if I can get enough respect, then I'm going to have it. And we fight and we climb and we turn corners and it's never enough. Well, I want to tell you today, very simply, the answer is not to shut down. God built you for something. Uh, he didn't, he didn't want to put you in a, in a corner somewhere uh, staring at a dark wall. He built you for something. The answer is not to shut down. The answer is not to pull back. The answer is to see what God has defined as success. Let me show you a verse. Book of Ecclesiastes, King Solomon, that whole book there, tells us that here is a man who chased after every definition of success. He thought, you know what, if I can get enough knowledge, I'll have success. And he sought after that. If I can have enough stuff, 
and had the biggest kingdom, extended the borders, had chariots, had wealth, had places that they just stacked gold stuff up in. If he could have enough possessions, he'd have success. If he could have enough women, had over 700 wives. If I can have enough women, I'll be counted as successful. And he chases after all these things, trying to find success. The last lines of his book say this. Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 13 says this. His words and the conclusion when all has been heard is fear God and keep his commandments. Jesus quotes that and he's actually quoting the Old Testament. He quotes it in the New Testament. He says this, you know what we ought to do? We ought to love the Lord our God with all our heart, with all our soul, and with all our mind. That is what God built you to do. That is the measure of our success. Now, now understand that today. That means success is doing what God created you to do. It's not going to be a job. It's not going to be a career. It's not going to be some pursuit that you chase after. Success is living in a relationship with God. Success is walking with God, honoring God, serving God as a farmer, as a welder, as a coach, as a salesman. Doing what you've been created to do, walk in a relationship with God, that is true success. He says he'll take care of the rest. Let me close and tell you this, and and, and very simple today, and the truth of the matter is this. You know what? You were built to be in a relationship with God. And if you're living outside that relationship with him, I'm going to tell you what, there is no joy that truly lasts. There is no peace that truly endures. There's no amount of anything you can ever accumulate that's going to ever answer the thing you're looking for. You were built to be in a relationship with God. The truth of the matter is this, that only happens through a relationship with Jesus Christ. Listen to me, you can't walk with God. You can't honor God. You can't fulfill the purpose you were built for without a relationship with his son, Jesus Christ. Truth of the matter is this, we've all sinned, all of us. Nobody here is any better than anybody else. That sin has broken our relationship with God. We're out of fellowship with him. The relationship we were built to be in has been ruined because we chose to go our own way. The good news is this, God loves you. He doesn't give up on you. He loves you. He loves you so much he sent his only son and he came, he lives a life, he doesn't sin, that he can go and purchase us back from the debt of our sin. That's the good news of Jesus Christ. You want hope? You want peace? You want true success? You want to be able to get up in the morning and have a reason to get up that that matters and is going to be eternal? It starts with a relationship with Jesus Christ. I want to tell you, I believe there's probably some here that need a new measure of success. Uh, There's some here that probably need to get off a treadmill that's, that's wearing them absolutely out, but they're not going anywhere, and they need to find the peace that we have through our Savior, Jesus Christ. The Bible says the only way we're going to find the Father, John 14, 6, is through the Son, Jesus Christ. Glad you're here today. Pray that God spoke to you today. Pray that we go back wherever we go and we understand, you know what, there's a measure of success. It's not something that's going to come and be fleeting, but it comes from me walking with God. And that only happens to our Savior, Jesus Christ. Glad you're here today. Let me close this word of prayer and we'll be dismissed. I want to encourage you, be back next week. Bring somebody with you. Let's pray. Dear Father, we come and I'm thankful for you and I'm thankful that you love us. Thankful that you have a plan and a purpose for us. That you didn't write us off. That you didn't put us in a trash heap. 
I'm thankful that you created us to be in a relationship with you. Most of all, I'm thankful that you enabled it through your son, Jesus Christ. I pray for men here that ought to be the leader in their home, maybe they're not. That ought to be the leader at their job, maybe they're not. That ought to be the leader in our churches, and maybe they're not. And maybe it's because they've neglected to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. I pray that you would speak to them. I pray that you would draw them. I pray that maybe in the influence of other friends, acquaintances, that they, that they would find the peace that we have in Christ. I pray for us here today that are believers in Christ, that we would be renewed, that we'd have a new priority set, that we'd have a new focus leaving here today. And it would be to, first of all, honor you and then let everything else flow out of that. Again, I pray for all of the men here. Bless them, lead them, encourage them, strengthen them. Raise up a generation of men that aren't going to sit down and try to, try to fit in and blend in, but that'll stand up in, in an increasingly sorrier world. Let us be your ambassadors. We love you and we thank you. And I pray in Jesus' name, amen.